Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 286. As everyone knows, meditation and water are wedded forever. Ahoy there! How are you doing, Julius? Very well, Albert. Very well. Do you recognize the quote? No, I do not. I'm going to have to keep thinking about that because it just went over me. It is a famous quote from Moby Dick that it is always it. more pleasant to stand out looking at a nice gentle dock or a lake and meditate about the beauty that is life. Mm-hmm. Than to be on the water? I don't know if it's to be on the water. I think it's just meant to say that water is very relaxing, which oh. I always like. We have... <laughs> We like having some nice water flow type things or a nice little waterfall di- display. Mm-hmm. We like these. Don't we, Chaya Devara? Yes, we do. Um, I'd also like to any, note that my daughter, Chaya Devara, is joining us today. Say hello. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to your uh, first episode of the One Player Podcast, I believe. Yeah. Is it her first? So. Yes. Oh, look at that. Um, and we are going to be today reviewing Nautilion, or going back over Nautilion, which is the next in the Oniverse series. I know Chayadavar want to join in with this one because I believe this is her favorite game of the series. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So let's start on into it with that disclaimer. Albert, want to give us a quick overview or shall I? All right. So the game is, so this time in our Oniverse adventures, we have gone underwater we are now sailing the open seas, trying to get from our nice isle to the uh, to the land of the evil dark house. He's the opposite of a lighthouse. Do you sail a submarine? No. Okay. You sail Albert, a we're boat. not sailing. Well, there's no you sail else. a boat. You go underwater in a submarine. You sail a boat. There's. You don't sail. You yeah. Sailing is on the. There's surface. yeah. You. I mean, I guess you could have a sail attached to it, but that would, probably wouldn't work so well. No. So you navigate in your submarine. You swim. You dive. I don't know. You are. Travel. You're in your submarine, trying to find your crew fish, to pilot your your submarine because you start without any crew. Oddly enough, uh, on your way to the dark house to vanquish him. That is the summary of the game. It is a. Well, yeah, we'll talk about what kind of game it is eventually. Well, no, I think that for an overview is a great time for that. It is a roll and move type game. You have three dice and you roll them mm-hmm. and you get to choose between those three dice and you move you and you move the Nautili- and you move the Phantom, which is the bad boat, and you allocate one die to the dark house. And so whatever dice it is that you are able to use, you're able to use. If you don't roll the dice, you are pretty much SOL. So does this make this game a, a dice worker placement game, I do not maybe? believe that it's a dice worker placement because there are not slots that you're allocating your dice to. Worker placement requires that that be an actual spot that you are filling the board. So there's no there's no workers. There's no actions that they're being associated with. But Every could, die is always I doing could argue something. that there's three different locations to, to allocate no, your workers. No, all of them are the amount that they move. It's not an action. <laughs> no, I disagree, but I'm yeah. going to stop arguing right now. Okay. No, fair question. Just a fair question. I want, I want to see what you thought about that before I forget to ask. So, yeah, so that, I mean, that's what it is. It's a, a you roll your dice, you select what to do. That's the summary of the game. And as with the other um, games, you kind of get from to the other. As with the other games in the Oniverse series, it is a one to two player game. So, it does include the two player variant, uh, which we have never used. So, <laughs> we're not going to talk too much about it. But it's always nice that it's there. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I've only ever played one one time with two players in any of the Oniverse games. Mm-hmm. It's always for me. It's always been solitaire. Otherwise, and that was with Oniram. Um, but the 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 role of move is only half the game because there's also a whole puzzle aspect of placing your your crewfish on the board onto your ship, which is a, another big part of the game. Though that's more of a reaction. I let's guess, let's get into that when we get to the gameplay. Let's go in order. Okay. So let's, let's talk about we the rules the first. So this is the one with the, the we're still using the one rule book that again we go through, we explain how to play the game, and then we explain how to play the different expansions. I think it's the same caliber that we've seen from all the other Oniverse games. It easily explains it, easily explains how to go through and interact all the expansions. And it's just generally a good rule book. Would you agree, Albert? Mm-hmm. I would agree. It's, and it's a good layout. You know what I like, which we haven't really mentioned, I think, for all these games, generally speaking. They'll give you the rules for solitaire and two-player. Then they'll give you the expansions for each. And the way it's laid out, it's just I find it easy to find it when I'm doing just a solitaire game. The the two-player rules don't get in the way, but they're always all there. So it's, I think it's easy, no matter what you're playing, to find the rules you need. Mm-hmm. It's just well laid out. Easy to follow, easy to understand. Sensible, very sensible. All right, so let's, in that case, jump into the components. So the game comes with six different Nautilians that you can pilot across the board. Um, Of those, there's a different standee for each, and there's three double-sided boards, so a total of six boards. The different Nautilians will differ in difficulty because some of them are more easy to manage the puzzle of your crew fish, as you keep calling them. Um, but they are. I don't know that they are, but sure. I think they're just dream crews, but they're crew. They're fish. Um, but they're definitely fish. different ones or have different difficulty definitely. to be able to organize the crew among them. But there are the six different ones. They all look very unique and individual. They didn't have to make different standees. They didn't have to make them all be different layouts and unique art like that. They did. I approve. I appreciate it. Uh, there is also a phantom board. So that is the bad ship that is going to be coming for you. And if you're using one of the expansions, it has its own set of crew. And then a mage's cabin that's used for one of those expansions. On the bad side, there is a dark house figure that for most of the expansions is just going to ominously sit there and be a spot for you to put the dice that you're allocating for the dark house. There is a dark house card that tells you what it is the dark house does. And there's a grimoire because you do have the ability to have some limited control over your dice using spells that you can cast. In the base game, there are three spells that you can cast. The grimoire lays those out, and it's a quick, easy reference for the three spells that you can do. There's two cards that are used for the two-player game, and then there's another 24 cards that are used for expansions. We'll get back to those later. The last thing is the dice. These are custom small dice. They are custom because they are unique. They don't have any fours, fives, or sixes on them. Uh, Instead, they just have two ones, three twos, and a three laid out. Or actually, excuse me. And and they do have a four. Three and a four. One, three, one, four. One, three, one, four, two ones, two twos is I think how it is. I think. Um, But anyway, they are custom dice. It is. It is. Oh, good. I have it right. Um, so they are custom dice and look very nice. The blue look to the dice fits in well with the dark house, fits in well with everything else. 
The last set of components is going to be the main board that we're talking about, which is all the crew tokens. When you're setting up the game, you're going to shuffle up all the crew tokens, mix them up into be a big old line or a spiral or a snaky line or whatever, whichever method it is that makes most sense on your table to lay them out. Put the start for the bad guys on one end, start for you at the other end, and you have to move up and down that line. Uh, all those crew tokens to me, I've never had any issues being able to tell what they are or how they are. There's a minor misprint on one of them that I just don't care enough to do anything about. Um, I'd love it if there were a way of fixing it, but hey, what you going to do? Um, one of them has like the numbers incorrectly put to match mm -hmm. one of the board slots, but it doesn't really matter. It's fine. Nope. So, Khaidavara, do you have any thoughts about the components? I think they're very pretty cute definitely my colors i definitely like the pink one the pink one yeah that one right oh the pink submarine yeah you have a favorite submarine because the color yes even though it's one of the medium difficulty submarines yeah okay it's medium difficulty perfect i suppose um do you play with that one normally or you just like it? i normally think i pick the ones that we play with yes i don't normally give them a choice correct Depends on how long I want to be there for. We pick a hard one if we don't mind dying quickly. <laughs> um, I, 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 I like the components a lot too. Like I say, I, I love the mm -hmm. insert. It, everything's organized is really nice. It's a, the the where the counters go for all the the little fish guys. It's slightly too small, but it's fine. I just I like the layout of it. I don't know. I find the layout of this whole insert very satisfying, and I, I think I take it somewhat back. The crew are not fish necessarily, but they're all aquatic creatures. There's seals, there's octopus, there's a snail. The only I... issue I have with the components is that the look of the submarines and the ship are the same. You wouldn't necessarily know that a submarine is different than the ship because they're all sitting above the table. There's nothing to denote them as being like one above the surface and one below the surface and look or style to them, especially because they're all just crazy, fantastic things. They all have a board. They all have a standee. <laughs> I wish that the components more would have honed the fact that one is on the sea and one is under the sea. I Yeah, that, that'd be tricky to do. The, the, the ship looks like a ship. Everything, all the submarines look, I don't know, like UFOs or something. They, they look very unique. Yeah. Very unique. I also like how the layout of how you set up the tiles matches the back of the tokens themselves. Oh, because like the, the back swirl. of the tokens is a swirly? Yeah. Uh, I will note that uh, you don't have to set uh, it up in a swirl. Quite often know, we set but, it up in a snake line. I know. You told me that, but still the rule state is to set it up in a swirl, and I like how they did that. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that that is a that's a Nautilus shell also, isn't it? Oh, that's true. That would probably be why it's called Nautilian. I like it. <laughs> well, look at that. That's pretty. It's very thematic. Of, uh, I really like the theme in this game. It's really pleasing. The my only complaint, maybe about the components already than, than the slightly too small container, is that the ships are kind of hard. And the submarines and the tillions are kind of hard to tell apart from each other sometimes. So it takes me sometimes a little bit of effort to figure out which is the one I'm supposed to be using to match the correct board, which is kind of irrelevant. I mean. Honestly, you only need one submarine. Yeah. Right? You, they didn't need to provide six. They didn't. I was commenting switch. before that they could have had the same submarine just with different layouts. And that would have, you know, that's when I was them. having audio troubles and I couldn't hear. 
<laughs> Truth. Did we cover everything about the components? I believe then? that we um, have. Otherwise, on okay. Tools. Did you talk about the the um, the flaps for the for this uh, box? I mean, they still exist in our box, and that's all that I'm going to talk they, about. Okay. <laughs> it's just we like them. They, I don't like them ever, but I'm yeah. always hesitant to get rid of them. Why? Because they get in the way, make it harder to get out. Right, but it's so cool. It's like huge. But it also mm-hmm. makes it like the wave three mm-hmm. like, D and cool. I agree. You're not going to convince me. Don't get rid of them. Anyway. All right. Um. I and I just because we mentioned it in every other universe again, this is one that feels like a dream. The denizens are quite weird. It defies physics for how submarines should work because you have a donut shaped submarine, <laughs> um, and it's a crazy living lighthouse a dark lighthouse so it feels like a nightmare and it feels like a dream so kudos on that it's like the nightmare trying to take over the dream (laughs) i love that the crew are fish inside a submarine it's like i mean they could breathe outside of the the submarine just fine right they they do fine but they're in a submarine anyway for some reason it's so it's so whimsical it really is it's just fun theme (laughs) all right so i think we're ready to start on the gameplay Mm-hmm. So delving a bit more into the gameplay, and as Albert mentioned, um, when you're rolling, so you have the ability to pick what it is that you want to do with each of your dice. If you're moving too fast, every time the bad guy's ship advances, you want to be on total getting there faster. Because if the bad guy's ship gets to your island before you get to theirs, they're going to win. But on the other hand, you need to get there with a full crew complement. Every time you stop on one of the crew, you pick them up and you put them on your board. If they don't fit on your board, then they just turn into magic power. But you want to be trying to time it so that you can pick up crew that can be used on your board. If the bad guys stop on a crew, they're going to pick them up and discard them. It's usually helpful if you're keeping track of them. So I normally lay them out in the one through nine format so that it's easy to see which ones have been removed. Then in fact, if I have to remove any of mine, I swap it out for some of the generic magic power green ones, just so I'm not holding on to any face down people because it's easier to be able to see what's missing, what's been taken, what I need to do, especially on the higher difficulties. So you'll move along the crew and do all of that. The, in the base version of the game, the dark house, if you give it a three or a four, so it's going to steal one of your magic. Normally the magic is essentially a turn being used to, to pick up that magic. You start with some by default, but normally that's a turn that you're wasting by giving it a three or a four. But sometimes that's just the way it's going to be. And you have to give it a three or a four, especially if it comes down to like, do I give it a three or four? Or do I give the bad guy ship a three or four? So there's decisions, there's push and pull just on that three slots. Each round goes pretty fast because you will just roll and allocate to each of them. The biggest difficulty of where things might slow down a bit is trying to use those magic powers. There are two magic powers. There's one that lets you re-roll and a second that lets you swap a crew between your, uh, between any two, essentially any two crew on the board. So that way, if you're about to hit something but it's not a crew you want, you can swap it with a crew that you do want or one's all the way in the end or one the bad guy's going to get. You can swap them around so that you can get the crew you need. The last power is to... 
The last power is to set a die face to whatever it is that you want. And again, that's just giving you a little bit more control. Me personally, I think that the only spell I've ever done has been to swap crew. I think I can maybe rarely oh, count daddy. on one hand when we set a die to a certain amount. But the vast majority. Mm-hmm. You, no, I think that when we played together, then you did the set the die to a specific amount. Yeah. A different amount. The vast majority of them have been just to swap crew because that's a so because much more useful. the ship was at the end of the board and we didn't want to give the other guy three and four because that way he would do something to our... He would take a magic power. He really needed that magic power. Yeah. And then... Mm-hmm. But also we were going to give it then to the bad guy ship and he was going to go forward four. He stomped on our last, like, I don't know, it was like a six or something and we'd be done for. So we had to use magic power. But I think that's the rare case. Mm-hmm. A lot more of the time, we're just using the swap around crews, and that's essentially useful as an emergency button to be able to make sure that you're getting what you need. The majority of the time, gameplay mm-hmm. will just speed along, at least for us it does. Roll three dice. All right, we're going this one, this one, this one. Do it and go. Which means that the game moves along at a pretty rapid clip. I think this is probably, of the Oniverse games, this is the one that feels... Like it keeps the adrenaline moving. It keeps keeps the game running forward and keeps a lot of the action proceeding rather than having too much time spent trying to weigh a lot of your decisions or balance yes. your tower or think about what all is going on. So I feel like tower? this is the highest energy. Referring to some of the other Oniverse games. Okay. Yeah, I think I think once you add the expansions, it does slow down a little bit. But the the base game is super fast. It really just flows quickly, and you could play it. I don't know, probably in fifteen minutes or something. I don't know that I agree with you once you add in the expansions, but I'm that it slows really? down for me. It slows because it becomes more thinky. I spend more time planning and, and strategizing when there's. I more think that's only true for one of the expansions. But let's talk about each of the expansions and say our thoughts on them. Sound like a plan? Okay, let's do that. So one of the expansions I always use, which is the mages. Ah, so with yes. the mages, there's an extra cabin, and you must have a full set of mages by the time you get to the end of the game. The mages are A, B, and C. So now instead of having one through nine... Yep, and these are nine new nine new tokens you're going to add to the board, so your board also gets bigger now. you got more time to get all the things you want. Yes, but... And there's, there's nine tokens, three of each, so you're not going to... Some some total though. I think it's the same amount because normally you need one of three things. Every uh, one of every mm-hmm, three things mm-hmm. it stays the exact same. So it lowers randomness, but I don't think really is considered more time since you need the same thing. What's more useful with the mages is that if you get a set of a mage and its pair, and on the board it shows you which what pairs with what. If you get a mage and its pair, that gives you a free reroll per turn. So that gives you a lot more control of the dice. It sacrifices some of your time to be able to do it, but it gives you a lot more control. Even better, sometimes you just get stuck on where it is you, what you want to put people because you're just not at the right place to use it. So this is an extra place to think about, well, do I want to put a mage here now? Because the mage don't require putting it on in any specific order, nor do the mage pairs. So do I want to put this now? Is that It gives you a lot more flexibility and a lot more choices and decision-making points. And frankly, this is one that I always play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like this one too. It's fun because it gives you like a more of a twist. It makes you have to find more stuff. It makes it more difficult, like in a good way. Yeah, it feels like you have more control too. I like that about yeah, this Yeah, because you get the free reroll. 
Exactly. And and one thing I don't think we mentioned was, or maybe we did, when when the dark house gets at three or four, the consequence is you have to discard one of your tokens. If you have a spare a wish token, you discard that. Token? Otherwise, you have to discard it from your mm-hmm. ship. Magic. Yeah, and it is it is nice if you could discard it from the the wizard's cabin instead of your like one of the extras from the wizard's cabin instead of that if you need to. I ideally I always try to yeah. avoid having to discard them, but I always try to make sure I have a, a wish left around. But you know, it's another fail safe. So which is good. It takes away from that randomness. On to the next expansion, the mercenaries. Uh with the mercenaries, what happens is you're then going to shuffle in nine more dudes. These are the mercenaries. For they really are relevant only at one time during the entire game. Um, you are picking them up to add them to your crew. And similarly, the the bad guy ship will also be picking them up to add them to their crew. This is the expansion where they get their own board. When you and the bad guy ship collide, even though one of you is on top of the ocean and one of you is below the ocean, but anyway, um, when you uh, collide... Anchors. Sure. The ship does not anchor in... Who knows? When you collide, you have a quick little battle. Um, you compare how many harpoons each of you have. Some of your crew actually have harpoons, but for the most part, a lot of them are going to be coming from those extra mercenaries. Um, whoever has the most amount of crew is going to win. If the bad guys win, that's it. You're destroyed. You lose. Um, if there's an equal amount, you just discard all of them and then you lose an extra token. If you win, um, then in that case, you both get to continue and you get an extra token. Um, so extra power for wish. It's well, what do you think about this one first, Albert? So, so this is the first of the expansions that I don't want to play with because they, they feel more ominous and, and honestly it scares me. Uh, the, the crew are terrifying because, because, you know, you could just lose. It's just, it's terrible. It feels like a horrible expansion to use because it's just going to bring doom. <laughs> Not that I don't think it's a good expansion, but that's just, I think it's just part of the theme. And I think it, it makes it more interesting. I think it's also leaving it more to chance because, like, there's not as much control. Like, you can't really control where the mercenaries are. You can't control which ones come out or which ones you're going to land on. Because mm-hmm. some of them can have one, some of them can have zero, some of them can have two. I think that this one is different than a usual expansion in the universe because usually with the expansion in the universe, they're kind of two-parted where you get a good thing and a bad thing. Here, you don't really have a good thing. You just have a whole new set of goals that you have to build up towards. But there's nothing sort of to balance it out. There's not an extra decision point. Yeah. I think it's even more... But wait, can't you... Go ahead. Can't you finish the game with mercenaries instead of numbered crew in those spaces? No. Mercenaries are discarded. After you do the collision, they're discarded. And after, at that point in time... Right, but not not all the ones on the board, just the ones on your ship. But there's still more on the board, potentially. Yeah, each one of them, if you get it, it just turns into a magic. Oh. I think that, if anything, highlights the fact that I that I think the expansion is undervalued because hmm. once you've finished half the game, it's worthless. It's literally just wasted dice that don't do anything other than it's a bad thing for you. Like, you get a magic for it. Okay, maybe two or something like that. But if they get it, you have to discard a token. Mm-hmm. Maybe a reserve, but you have to discard a token. And you're like, well, I really don't want that. Before, it was just 
you know, they get one. I don't know. It just, it feels like it doesn't give us the same sort of powers and interestingness and creativity that we have from the normal ones. It just, I feel like they should have done more the, the symmetrical pair of good and bad. And also you can end up spending half your game until the collision. Oh, I need this mercenary. I need the mercenary so I can win. And then after the collision, you're just like, where's an A and there's no A or there's no nines. And then you're automatically losing because you spent your time on mercenaries. Well, I think that's just part of the game because it's randomness and dice. Sometimes that can happen where you pursue the wrong objective. Right, but you're not even like paying attention to the letters and numbers. You're just paying Mm -hmm. attention to the mercenaries. And after you're just like, oh shoot, I need to do numbers. And you're like, there are no more nines left. I can't. Yeah. If you you didn't plan ahead enough carefully that then you might be out of luck when you once you finish the fight where's my crew so at least to summarize for me (laughs) i don't play with it all the time it's not bad it's just my least favorite by margin actually it's not even my Mm -hmm. let me take that back it's not my least favorite um it's just not a favorite um one but i do play with it sometimes okay it's definitely one then that makes that's if you're finding the game easy use this the next expansion is the reefs with the reefs, there's these bigger tokens that go on on the board, and you put them out. Um, and they're kind of an extra spot to go to. When you go there, there's sort of like navigator crew that will give you bonuses for the reefs. After you land on a reef, you have to roll a die to see how well you do. Um, if you roll, I think you have to roll at least one three. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You gotta roll three you have to or roll higher. three or higher. If you do so, then you get to keep the reef and it's an extra magic point for free. So sort of like two for one. If you don't roll a three or higher, then it's gonna reduce a die, so you're gonna get stuck for a turn having to navigate the reefs. Different crew members will give different bonuses for it. So if you have a crew member that gives you a bonus, so all you have to do is roll a two. So that's two out of three chances to be able to roll that, and that's really good odds. So this is one that has a point to it the entire game. It has a good one the whole game because it's two for one. And when the dark house, when the the bad guys get it, they don't do anything. (laughs) There's there's not an issue with it. It just slows you down. So this one feels like there's a plus and minus. Either plus you get the bonus extra reef or minus you get slowed down. And those felt much more balanced to me. So I enjoy this one. I just don't always play with it. How about you, Albert? Well, so this one, this is another one that I thought was going to fill me with dread and I avoided for a little while. And once I played it, oh, it's actually interesting. It, it adds more, more choices. It makes the game, and like you said, it's balanced. So it works well. I thought it was just going to be a terrible thing getting stuck, and it's just, again, filling me with dread. <laughs> and it really did, honestly. These, these expansions did scare me a bit. Um, but, but yeah, I like it, and it gives you, it tends to give you more more stuff to put into your reserve, so you get more magic. Awesome. And and then mm-hmm. there's the, the fourth expansion, which uh, for me is when the game gets its big boy pants. <laughs> I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever played with this expansion before. The dark house with with the dark house cards. Can I just play with dark house. Not with the dark house cards, because when you're playing with the dark house cards, what it is is you get five different cards. Normally, with the base game, the dark house does one thing every single time. When you're playing with the dark house cards, 
every round, the Dark House is going to move through these set of cards, and it's going to vary up what different things it can do each time. So sometimes it's going to take two tokens from you. Sometimes it's going to put extra tokens out. Sometimes it's going to do like even worse things like damage you or make you discard crew members or make you move crew members over to theirs. And sometimes there's a couple lighter cards that are going to, mm-hmm. that, that are not so bad. So maybe sometimes you want to look and try and time it so that the three you're giving is when he's when the dark house is specifically on this issue or that one. And there's a whole lot more decision-making and planning when things are variable between the different rounds. Mm-hmm. And it's it's different from game to game because there's 12 cards total, but like you said, you're only using five of them. So, so there's a little bit of variety in there, which is always nice. Yeah. I really like this one. I just know that this is when... Like I, I mentioned at the beginning, this is a very meditative game for me because it does not require a whole lot of strategy and sitting and thinking about it. You just sort of like run and do and, and have fun. When this one comes out, the, the big boy bands are on. We got to sit and think about <laughs> how it is that we're doing and sequencing to be able to really make sure that we can work our way around all of these things. Yeah. Dread. <laughs> Dread. I, I I played this one a long time ago. I have not come back. Albert's scared of it. I like it. I play it when I'm ready to sit down and do it. The last expansion is the heroic mm-hmm. actions. With heroic actions, it's a new thing you have to do. There are twelve of them. Every game, there's going to be not. I think it's. I think you have to go through nine of them to be able to succeed. Oh, I think it's three of them. Maybe I'm not even sure. I don't remember. It's been a long, been a long time since I did this one. But there's extra heroic actions that you have to do. So like, discard extra cards or make sure that you like do a full speed three or these sort of random type things. It's almost like when you're playing a game, a video game, and there's like achievements that you have to do. And normally mm-hmm. with those achievements, like you get a bonus little star and you save file for achieving it here you must do these achievements and they feel like achievements they don't feel like normal type things you have to do they're not like justified in theme it's not like oh gosh the boiler broke you must fix the boiler it's just like (laughs) no you have to kill off a dude choose your choose your dude to kill off when you do with four or whatever it is how is that a heroic action if you're killing one of your dudes I, I, I'm trying to see if it's actually... Is it one of your crew, or is it somebody from, like, the board? Yeah, I believe it's somebody from your ship had to come on. So oh. why, how is that a heroic action? I, I'm I'm being facetious. I'm, I'm being extreme with it, because they just don't feel like heroic actions to me, even though maybe they are. But there's not, there's not enough explanation in-game for me to feel thematically connected to it, and I don't like doing these heroic actions. With the Dark House, it sort of seems like a flow. It does a bad thing, and this modifies what the bad thing is to be a little more interesting. Here, like, I'm I'm chugging along, I'm, I'm moving forward, and here's, like, a hard right, and to do this, like, side quest thing that you must do, it's a fetch quest that's thrown into my game. I dislike this one. <laughs> I so, actively dislike this one. So does it... Do you dislike it more than the other one? I, I, the other one I did not dislike. This one I actively dislike. So, yes, I dislike it more than the other one. Mm. Which is why I think you never even encountered this one. Because I've played it a couple times just to be able to I review it. I think I did encounter that one. Did you? Yeah, because you played it one time. And I was like, 
It was thought and you told me. Could be. But I know I've encountered it a few times and I just dislike it. I don't I won't do it by choice. Mm-hmm. Dread again. Just dread. You're saying if you played Truth or Dare and you choose Dare, I can dare you to do that. <laughs> so all in all, this is one of the Oniverse games that we play a lot. Again, it's Hydevor's favorite. So I think that causes us to pull it out with more frequency. Um, I continue to highly recommend it, even in light of the other Oniverse games. I still think it's a very strong uh, competitor in the Oniverse realm. And I give it a good recommendation. I've not played the new one. You've not played the new one? It's new. You've played the new one, though. I have? Yes. Stellarion. Stellarion. What was that one about one? That's the one with the rocket ship. We'll refresh your memory later. <laughs> but anyway, Albert, do you want to give a final thoughts for Nautilion? Yeah, I you know I really like this game. There's a few things I like about this game. I love the artwork a lot, and this might be my favorite. Um, I like all the expansions. I haven't used them all, and I'll admit it, but I love the variety in there, and they add a lot of stuff, and there's a lot to explore, because besides just the expansions, there's also the different submarines you could try out. there. Even when you pick two that have the same difficulty, they have different layouts, and the way you you populate them are different because you have to do things in a certain order depending on the submarine. So it's just a really neat game. There's so much about it. And then this one, we didn't really talk about too much, I guess, but this is the first time that you actually have to use the uh, the big bad meat. Oh, yeah, that's true. But all the other ones, it's kind you of optional. Really here, it's, it's an unless, integral part of Unless the you're game. playing with oh, the no. Dark House cards expansion, you don't really but, have to. You can just use the that's card. That's true, but but he is included in the in the game from from the get go. It's you know it's part of the rules. It's not an optional expansion. It's he's a component you're supposed to use, which is neat. It makes it more. One housing say it makes it more. I don't know, like like he's part of the game because because he doesn't do ever do anything, and you're going to get to the end and fight him, but there is no fight. You just assume to have won it, which is kind of interesting. But still, I I like that. I like that he's in it, and I. It's a neat game. I think it's one of my favorites. Really nice. Um, two or three for me, I'd say. Would you say it sunk your battleship? And, and ranking, yeah, <laughs> definitely sunk my battleship. <laughs> you know, I had been planning to make all sorts of nautical j- puns this whole episode, and I totally forgot. <laughs> ah. that made one Sorry, Albert. I'm afraid that we just went full speed ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Julius. Sailed right through those currents. We did. We just, yeah. Three sheets to the wind. <laughs> oh, that's a sailing reference, isn't it? So ah, the last one. You're on a road, sailed right through the currents. You're on a roll, Julius. <laughs> you're on a roll. Roll waves. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, Albert, I'm going to wave you off. Have a good night, everyone. All right. Let's drop anchor then. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.